Well, good evening, friends. Welcome to the Front Porch. I'm Pastor Chris, and it is a absolute joy to be with you here tonight. An absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous day here in Northwest Ohio, where the uh, the sun is out, the breeze is up, and uh, just the temperatures could not be could not be more. And of course, the trains. What, what more could we like? Uh, I hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a, a very blessed day on this Wednesday, September first. Already into uh, September, and before you know it, we'll be talking plans for the holidays and for the uh, birth of Christ as we get towards the end of the year. But for now, for today, here we are. You know, tonight I want to spend a little time talking about uh, touching on grace and the importance that God's grace intersects our lives. A lot of times, at very specific and very uh, profound moments. But it's also the acknowledgement that the grace that we receive usually accompanies the fact that that for a lot of us, we've been experiencing sin in our lives. We, we have uh, sinned against God, and, and, and that sin becomes so, I think, powerful in our lives. I think it can sometimes just hamper us. And so I want to spend a little time talking about that because sin is a byproduct of the slumps that we find spiritually you know, over the last... Two weeks have been talking about this flat, uh, not not a decline in our faith, not a not a spiritual fire, but just kind of that that sense of you know I'm just flat. It's it's you know I'm not I'm not you know I'm in this just weird place with God right now, and I, sometimes that could be uh, that could just be downright a result of sin. So we're going to touch on a little bit of that and uh, dining out. Good to have you both with us tonight, and I hope and pray that. You both have done uh, and doing well, and maybe you are able to get out, sit on your porch, and just take in the beautiful day that God has given to us. Well, friends, you know, there's uh, I've been seeing a lot of, um, I guess, videos on, on our service, men and women that have been coming home and uh, being welcomed by their family. Of course, we know that the 13 families that lost loved ones this past week are just a, just the tip of the iceberg of many families of men and women gave their lives over the last 20 years and you know we got to keep it in perspective we got to keep those families in our prayers that that this week experienced a great loss but but the countless thousands others not just from death but even from mental and and spiritual deaths uh, for these men and women that have served our nation so let us not forget them as well well friends as we come together on this beautiful night on this front porch we're going to look at sin and how it plays into our lives what do you say we get started?
You know, sin itself is a um, well, particular, uh, particular tough and uh, very, uh, I think, um, unique opportunity that we all kind of experience and we all go through. And, you know, it is without a doubt a reminder of the, of the pain that we all feel from time to time. And, you know, as, as we look at our, our life, as we look at what we go through, I think it's safe to say that, you know, there are things in our lives that none of us like. There are things that happen uh, in our lives, around our lives, that, that none of us really hope for, uh, really desire to have happen. And, and, you know, one of those things is, of course, um, this thought of, you know, when I face a slump spiritually in my life, what is it that I'm, that I'm truly going through? Well, what it is, is, is a pullback from your uh, relationship with God, but not so much so that you're you removed yourself from that relationship. It's, it's kind of like it's at a, uh, a lull. And usually what is part of that is, is sin. Because if we think about it, when God interrupts our lives with grace, when he intersects the place in our lives with grace, one of the things that should be a byproduct of is a transformation. But usually for us, especially in this day and age, that requires us to be willing to turn from sin. Because sin is usually at the core of our of our slump that we're going through. It's usually at the place where, you know, we're just not on fire for Jesus. And I think it, I think, and the truth, I think it happens a lot for a lot of us that way. And, and I'm not talking big sins here. I'm talking little sins. Small things, but not adhering maybe to our devotional life or not adhering to worshiping God first saying you know I'm going to worship God but just when it's convenient when it fits my schedule all of these I think impact our journey of faith in this life and, and when we fall into that trap it puts us into this this place of of, of kind of plateau because one of the things that should be a byproduct of grace when it impacts our life is we turn and we see God and we take on the characteristic that God, while he loves us, hates sin. God does not, and, and I don't know what the word is, but, but wants us to, to, to pull away from sin in our lives. Wants us to adhere closer to the scriptures as he's laid out of how we're to live our lives, to love our neighbors, to feed the, the hungry and the sick and clothe the naked and visit, you know, etc. right? Because it is about this deepening relationship with our Savior. But that requires us to hate sin like God hates sin. God does not want sin in this world. Even though it is here, he wants us to uh, walk away from sin. Get to the scripture passage in, in a moment here. Um, you know, one of the things that that we we think about with with Christ 
and, and, and especially his suffering and death and resurrection is, is the fact that our sins are cleansed, right? That, that, you know, the gift of his, of our eternal life with him is, is part of it, but that, that as he cleanses us from sin, even as we sin today, it's almost like he's going through the agony for us. And, and when we, we think about this, at least I hope, that we remember that Jesus takes on the punishment for that sin that we've done. And, and he's right back there on the cross. Now, God will place him in a tomb and, and resurrect him from that tomb. But we have to remember the, the pains that Jesus has gone through for us in, in our own sins. And what that means and, and, and how that looks and, and what we experience. And I know a lot of us, you know, we try and, and, and we do what we can, but, but we have to remember that that's part of it. That's part of this, this uh, complacency, the, this plateau, because we, we get in a place where we think about it and, and, and it doesn't impact us as much. Like the more we go over and the more we happen, it, it's just, we just become numb to it. And so we have to shift from that numbness to, to actually understanding that when we sin against God, it is, it is a pain that, that begins to uh, fill our hearts. Because we realize that it is Jesus who is carrying that pain, who is being inflicted that pain. Think about your sins, our my sins, the world's sins. That's what placed Christ on the cross to begin with. So if Christ ends up on the cross because of our sins, then we must ask ourselves, how can we turn from that so that we don't do it again? I think part of it is we have to look at sin with such uh, disgust that when sin appears, we realize we can't do that. We can't sin against God because of the, 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 the massive pain that, that God feels, that his son Jesus feels. Because see, God hates sin. He, he doesn't desire for his children to sin. Um, and, and it should become a, a hatred within us so fierce it just burns. And we rejoice at the, the joy that when God's love touches someone, that sin goes away. And they can now go on a new path and forgiveness exists and all of these things, right? But we have to, we have to embrace that. And it's hard, it's difficult, I know. Um, think of it this way. And maybe this will be an analogy that works not, I don't know. But when we end up in that slump, that, that spiritual flatness, do you hate it as much as you hate other things in life? A lot of people are going to answer no. It's just, it is what it is, they'll say. But think about the things you dislike. Think about the things you uh, don't like. I mean, personally, I don't like peas. I just don't like them. I don't know. Funny tasting. Uh, others may love them, but I don't. I'm definitely not a fan of lima beans. Not a fan of 
you know, being deceited, you know, manipulated, if you will. And I could go on and on, but the, but but I hope you get the point. There are things I don't like in this life, and so do I hate sin like I dislike those. Do I hate sin? Do I hate being spiritually plateaued like I hate those things? Because if I don't, then I must learn to hate that slump, to hate that. And and understand this: it's not. I'm not saying that that God says I need you to hate yourself where you're at. It's not that at all. God is is loving us right where we're at. God is loving us how we are at in this life. But we must hate the the the, the place we're at, okay? And that that it's in that place that we can begin to uh, come out of it, that we can begin begin to be restored from it. And, and if we can, if we can, and we truly can, and I believe we can that we will begin to overcome this, this spiritual slump we have. Now, I want to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 33 here for a moment. Because listen to this in verse 11. It says, oh, hello, Oliver. Uh, it says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Now, of course... Here in this text, we're hearing a very uh, profound message that that God is saying, look, I don't like people to be wicked and then to die. What I want is people to be wicked and turn from their wickedness and accept me in their life. And, and when we turn back, in other words, away from that evil journey, we begin to find a new and, and more powerful relationship with God than we ever did before. And it begins to impact us. It begins to impact those around us. We begin to find new hope in where we're at in life. And, and I think that is so important as we, as we walk in faith, as we, as we try to wrestle with this concept of, of what does God mean by his grace for us when we are in a slump. And he, he just means, look, I, I get what's going on, but but this, this level of sin in you, I need it gone because it is what's chipping away. It is what's taking you away from me. And my ability to grow you in faith, to grow you in strength. And, and if we can uh, strengthen our spiritual journey, sin, if we can strengthen that, well, I tell you, we can overcome a tremendous amount. We can overcome a tremendous gift. See, it's not a gift from God, but it's a gift that the world wants us to take. And that is hopelessness. That is despair. That is anxiety. The world wants us to hold on to that and not think that tomorrow will be better than today. That tomorrow will be better than the next day. We have to recognize and we have to understand that we can overcome all that we face in this life and the life to come. Sin surrounds us all every day. For you right now, you may be experiencing sin in your life. And I know you realize that the grace of God wipes away that sin. 
God's love for you to take that away from you and give you a chance to start again. Question tonight for you, for me, is when I accept that grace of God, do I realize, do I truly know of his love for me? Do, do I embrace that love? Or do I just shuffle it aside and, and excuse it and say, well, I deserve to be suffering because of me? Or do I realize that God's grace is so powerful that it sets me on a new path, a new journey of faith? I hope for you it does. I hope for you it puts you on a new direction, a new, a new walk of life. Because that's what God wants for you. Give you an opportunity to turn from that in your life, however big, however small, that you may shift your focus, shift your direction a new way. Something more powerful than it was before. Accept that gift from God. Turn down the gift. God loves you so much. He's willing to give everything up. I'm going to offer up a prayer tonight for that very purpose of acknowledging our selfish choices that have separated sin and separated us from God. When I offer up a prayer for you, you may know way over, way over through what you're experiencing right now. The Lord be with you. Loving God, I thank you for loving me and loving all of us so much that we have been set free from the pain and the bondage of sin and that we can, we can overcome it by your grace. Lord, let us see our sin for what it is. Really just a separation from you. And may we be empowered. May we be embracing that grace that comes so that we will have sin no more. We will have love in our lives. Lord, I just, I thank you for, for loving each and every one of us so much so that no matter what we face in this life and the life to come, we will find our way home to you, to your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless and keep us all. Show us mercy as we look to turn from sin and embrace you, Lord. In the name of this, the son of yours, the glorious son of yours, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Look at your life. Ask yourself. Is sin dominant in your life tonight? Or not? However it might be, wherever you might be at. I know you're not perfect, but God wants you. God wants you to embrace him and his love. That you'll have healing again. Be strong. We'll be able to stand in the face of everything. Friends, I thank you for stopping by the front porch again here tonight. And, well, I tell you, just a gorgeous evening.
get outside and enjoy what God has given to us. Know how much you are loved. Well, thank you again for stopping by and as you go into the night, may you know the love of Christ in your heart. May you know that he is with you. God bless and thank you for stopping by the front porch and we'll see you again tomorrow night. Right here.